Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Tony, I, uh, I feel like it's about that time to remind everybody that today's episode of what happened when was brought to them by Starcast on fight, because we're of course recording this at Starcast, And I can tell from looking at you, you've been so damn overworked. You haven't even made time to clip your fingernails. Uh, you look like a Lee press on hand model right now. Uh, you know, you, you worked us to the fucking bone the entire weekend. So I didn't have time. I only had time to take a shower. I did that last Thursday. So thank you for that. And I'm, I'm, I'm stinky. My nails are long and basically I don't give a fuck, but so you're Lois Shivani. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll tell you what wasn't stinky. And, and that was Starcast on fight. You know, we've got over 20 shows there and, uh, it was what the entire wrestling world was talking about over the weekend. And you can enjoy those replays on demand with unlimited replays right now. You can buy different day packs. And I think they're even making individual shows available at starcastonfight.com. It was a heck of a time. Wasn't it, Tony? It was. And I, and I want to personally say that I had a chance to talk with Sting. We saw that. He was absolutely, people were telling me, we didn't know Sting was that irreverent. The Sting was that funny. He was great. Had a chance to talk to Arn Anderson. We did our I Quit match, the one I did with Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. So we had a lot of fun. Two different stages going at once, Caesars Palace. And now you can own it. You can keep it as long as you want. At StarCastOnFight.com. And Tony, you don't have to keep those fingernails as long as you want. They're long enough. Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. And Tony, I'm exhausted. Starcast is over. We survived, and we're living to tell the tale. How about that? You never think you'd survive it, do you? I mean, you, you going into it, you say, "Man, it's a long way away," and then all of a sudden, "Oh my God, it's almost here!" And do we have everything ready? Are we going to be able to pull it off? Can we do it? Oh my God, it's over. Oh, we survived. It's yeah. all the emotions, isn't it? It is. It hit me in all the feels. 
<laughs> I'm really excited though. I hope everybody had a good time. If you missed all the action, you don't know what you're missing. You need to go to starcastonfight.com. The replays are available now. I think they've got it broken down by day. And, uh, I think here in the next few days, they may even have it broken down by show. Uh, so if there's one show in particular, you wanted to see, uh, stay tuned for that. And, uh, I appreciate all that you did to help make it happen. I know that it was, uh, it was a rough week for everybody. I was in Starcast hell, but you, you seem to keep, uh, in good spirits throughout the thing. Yeah. I could tell you, you're used to the, uh, production pressure cooker as it were. Yeah. I, I'm used to uh, things backstage being, oh my God, it's a clusterfuck. And then all of a sudden, oh, that fell together nicely, didn't it? And I'm used to that. So it, it was no big deal. So it was a lot of fun. Great staff you put together had a great time. Wonderful city, obviously, uh, Las Vegas. What a city to hold it in, and double or nothing was wonderful. Just a, just a great. It was a great weekend to be a professional wrestling fan, and and that's what we were all about. Going back and reliving the moments of professional wrestling, and looking ahead at some of the future of professional wrestling as well. Well, and now we're going to talk about the past of professional wrestling. Of course, we're talking about what happened when, and you guys have been asking for this for a while, so we decided this week we would. Give you what you want. Uh, I guess Batista would say it differently. Like, give me what I want. Uh, so here we go. <laughs> We're going to give you your Q and a episode. We try to be one of the most interactive shows around and you guys asked hundreds of questions. I'm going to scroll through. We're going to try to pick some of the best ones. And we're going to try to do these rapid fire style. Tony, are you ready? <sighs> go. Uh, Shuli wants to know Jews. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I'll hang up and listen off the air. Fuck you. Next question. Uh, Josh Kuhn wants to know where does Tony Schiavone rank Hulk Hogan all time in WCW? Fuck you, Josh. Next question. Uh, are we going to, we're going to answer nah, any of I'm, these. I'm, I'm kidding. Go ahead. I was, I was just doing, I was doing as rapid fire as I could get. And I thought, fuck you would be quick enough, but you want to start over. Go ahead. Okay. Um, any comments on the Jews? This is from Shuley. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I have a lot of friends who are Jewish friends. A lot of friends who are Jewish friends. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't know that, that you weren't allowed to just say Jews. Uh, I, I just learned that. Like, uh, yeah. Very awkwardly. Uh, what, what's this uh, guy's uh, account name again? Shuley. You know, Shuley. Shuley Agar from the Howard Stern show. Oh, Shuley. Yeah, Shuley. Yeah, his, his handle as, as a little okay, spoiler yeah. here is yeah. at Shalom Shuley. Uh, so I say, I say thumbs up. I say thumbs up to every human being. And that's not just a bullshit line. I really do. Well, not everybody. Oh, Brandon Stroud over there. You ruined yeah, him. Yeah, fuck him. He, man, when you blocked him on Twitter, he like screen capped it and sent it to him. He was all tore up. Good for him. By the way, those of you who are keeping score, that's the fellow who, uh, leaked a video of Tony saying he hated everybody. Well, Tony says it wasn't him, but you know, whatever. Well, be, be it me or not be it me, that is not the question. The question is, shit stays hidden. It's like what uh, happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas, unless you film it all and put it on fight. Uh, right. But if you if you're going to look for that, was just trying to cause trouble for me. That's all that was. Uh, Josh Coon. Wants to know, where do you rank Hulk Hogan all time in WCW? In WCW all time? Uh, he, he's, he's top three. Okay. Who else is on the list? Uh, in WCW all time, uh, Ric Flair and Sting. Okay. I'll take it. Okay. 
Tim in the summer suit wants to know going into Starcast, what were you most excited for? Most excited. Wait, wait, hang for- on. That's multiple choice. Oh, okay. Sorry. His suits, Jay Z Flair's wife, Bad Money Slim shoes, uh-huh. or Efren's penis. Okay. I was hoping that a, a, uh, a, one of those would have been seen angels boobs, but apparently not. I don't uh, think that's that hard to do. If I'm honest with you. Yeah. I don't, it, it would be his suits cause I just, I, I it's kind of like being at the airport. You just like to watch the idiots walk by. So I, I, I do idiot watching when I know Tim's around. I so. think, um, I think all it would take is like a pocket full of quarters. And then Angel shows her boobs. And I mean, you know what? If you get late enough in the night, maybe just an unopened natty light. It could even be room temperature. I think you can get the job done. Unopened <laughs> natty light. Uh, Stoner Dale wants to know what was your favorite yearly pay per view to call? It was Halloween Havoc because uh, I, I, I've said it before, before on this program. I thought that was our top event. And then we started going to Las Vegas with it. And it just seemed. Uh, you know, it seemed to be the place that's where Roddy Piper arrived. And that's where I remember I dressed up in, uh, as Jesse, the body Ventura one time, one time I dressed up as a Phantom of the opera. One time that there's this creepy Tony Schiavone at the front door. My wife is baking cookies type thing. And we just had a lot of fun with that show. That was my favorite. And Hey, we electrocuted Abdullah, the butcher. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. That's Uh, right. Team Louie wants to know when tank Abbott put a knife to big Al's throat after their leather jacket on a pole match live on pay-per-view Tony covered by saying tank was going to give Al a shave as cameras cut away. Uh, what actually happened there? What was supposed to happen? And what was the live reaction when you saw tank Abbott threaten to decapitate big Al? Well, no one expected that to happen. That was not quote unquote in the script. If you even think there was a script, uh, that was just, uh, tank Abbott being tank Abbott. And I just improvised as much as I could. And I remember all of us, uh, once we got into a break thinking, what the fuck did we just see? So that's how that played out. Um, Josh Coon wants to know what's Tony's opinion of the WWE announced crew today. I like him. I, I think, uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of some of their three men announced crew because I don't think they work together well. I think Corey Graves is one of the best ever. Like Tom Phillips, I like Michael Cole. I know a lot of people give like Michael Cole shit, and I say the reason they give Michael Cole shit is he's been on everything. And there's a uh, there's a thing, and believe you me, I know it. There's a thing called uh, announcer fatigue. You just get tired of hearing that guy, and people say that about Cole. And of course, I, I think you know what I think of Renee. I think she's absolutely gorgeous. I hope they give her a better role. Would you stop? What? I, I had to take a deep, take a deep breath. Okay. I hope they give her a better role instead of just giving her lines to read. I, I hope they let her use her talents as an announcer instead of just here, say this, Renee. And because you, it's pretty apparent that she's just saying lines a lot of the time. But you know what you're told isn't the announcer. But I, I like that. I, I do. I like them. I I, I think they're uh, they're very very good at what they do, and I uh, I don't envy them. I don't envy being on the other end of a uh, of a headphones that crazy motherfucker screaming at me on the other end. 
Adam Rotella wants to know what did Mr. Shivani think of the cauliflower alley? I thought it was pretty cool. I, of what I saw of it and I didn't see much of it. I went upstairs very briefly and got to see some people. Uh, and, uh, it just, uh, it came across to me with a lot of people who love the old school wrestling and it was my first time there. Hey, I got to see Jr. I got to meet our buddy AJ for the first time. And, um, I may have met, had I met AJ before AJ Kirsch Had I met him before. I never know who I've met before. I don't think you uh, have. Jim, Jim Valley, the barbarian got to see him. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed that. I, I really, JJ Dillon, uh, Jerry, the King Lawler, Kevin Sullivan, just people that, you know, you get to reconnect with that's, that's, that's the, that's the fun of all this that, we, that you and I have been doing now. It's reconnecting with not only fans, but people I used to work with. And so, uh, that's what I thought of it. Uh, hoop wants to know Tony recently established on a live chat via Patreon that he did not get the butts in the seats line from Seinfeld Where exactly did he get it? Was it fed to him or did he just think of it out of thin air? And he continues that he thinks he's only ever heard two people ever say it. Elaine Bennis and Tony Schiavone. Well, I didn't get it from Seinfeld because I really wasn't a Seinfeld fan until after it all went down. I, uh, I didn't really watch that much of it as it was going on, but that was me just pulling it out of thin air. They didn't tell me to say that. I can remember Annette Yoder's face to this day. Her eyes were as big as saucers and she was serious. And Eric wanted me to tell you that, you know, Mick Foley just won their is winning their world heavyweight championship tonight on TV. And you've got to, you've got to really say something bad about it. And after a long pause and reflection and a couple of deep breaths, that's what I said. Uh, Kyle, the educator wants yep. to know with WWE stealing all of Conrad's stuff. Is he worried about Tony, Dave Silva, or even Jay Z flair getting picked up by the WWE? No, I'm not worried about Jay-Z flair getting picked up. Uh, and Tony Schiavone says he's going to turn it down no matter what. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those I, look, I, there was a time in my life and it wasn't that long ago where I contacted them and I've told this story and I'm not going to tell the entire story. I contacted them about going back to work there as a producer and they basically blew me off again. Then there was a time where I approached triple H about doing something on the network. Triple H said they'd get back to me. No one's ever gotten back to me. Be that as it may, I now have learned that I don't know if I want to, well, I know I don't want to expose myself to that type of pressure and that type of craziness. God bless Bruce Pritchard. God bless him for wanting to go back and do that because that, 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 that's going to, that's going to shorten a man. That's got to shorten a man's life. That, that just, I mean, that's just nuts. Just absolutely nuts. That's high pressure shit. That being said, I love what I'm doing too much now with you. And I love you too much. Conrad. Well, I love you too. And I appreciate you not, uh, abandoning ship here. Richard jammer wants to know, can someone please explain to me the Carl Anderson, bad money, slim discussion on the WrestleMania week episode. Yes. I feel worked uh, trying to understand. No, it, uh, we, we saw, uh, 
Luke Gallows was there. And it lo- and you and I swore it was Carl Anderson. That's right. Because there was a shorter guy with no hair. Right. All right. It's a bald and dude. Pretty good looking dude, in good shape. In good shape. Okay. And didn't shut up. Right. And, and what, from what we know of Carl Anderson, never met him that he can run his mouth. Right. And, uh, so I remember saying to you, that's, that's and there, that's Gallows and Anderson. She said, no, I don't think that's Anderson. And I said, are you sure? And then all of a sudden it's bad money slim. And I should have known, right? Because he had the grill in up. Uh, and, and he was money. dressed like an asshole. Right. That's right, how you know right, it's bad money right, slim. Right. So, uh, I made a mistake at first and I just thought it would be funny, uh, bringing that up on our show and playing dumb on our show again and let, and us going through the kind of the same routine we went through in the bar. Uh, but no, that was bad money slam. And my apologies to Carl Anderson, wherever you are, if you ever listen to us, uh, I'd like to meet you. And I apologize for mixing you up with bad money slam. Michael Sparger wants to know how tiring was it to pretend to be tricked by the fake sting? On a near weekly basis. Uh, it, you, you do your job. It wasn't tiring at all. No, it wasn't tiring at all. Uh, because I, there are probably some people out there that were tricked. Not everybody is smart as you fella. Let me ask you this. This is a fun question here. This is from Matt Duncan. Hypothetically, if the WWE had shut down in 97 or 98 and WCW had won the war, where would the business be today? Uh, the business probably be on its ass to be honest with you, because I don't think, uh, I, again, I don't think it would the, it was long for Turner. I don't think uh, owning being owned by Turner. I don't think, I think Turner would eventually fucked it up. All right, Tony, I feel like right now we need to take a time out and tell everybody about our friends over at blue chew. And I know Lois was sending me a DM the other day, telling me how much has changed her life. She says her cheeks are hurting. I don't know if that's from smiling a lot or what say you? Well, when you say DM and compared to Lois, you're talking about dead men because that's how she left men in her wake dead. Well, uh, she's a lady killer with blue chew or so I hear, but I was wondering when she said her cheeks were hurting, which set of cheeks and why are they hurting? Well, at blue chew, I'm not answering that fucker at blue chew. You can get your first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And you know what? The old bitch is sore. Well, you know what? If you'd like people at your house to be sore, you need to go to bluechew.com and they're even going to give you your first shipment for free. You just pay $5 shipping. I can't believe this is real, but if you go to B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, that's bluechew.com and use our promo code WHW. Well, everybody at your house is going to find out what happened when you got a, a stiffy so good that a cat couldn't scratch it. I don't even know what that means, but that's what Lois told me. Well, that's an old JR term. Cat couldn't scratch it, but that means it's pretty damn hard. Blue Chew is a much more affordable option, and it's a chewable, so it works up to twice as fast. And this works for you because you can take it on an empty stomach, or for Lois because she can take it on a full stomach. Come on, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Blue Chew gives you confidence in bed every time. You and your partner will love it. You know what we say, chew it and do it on a full stomach or an empty stomach. Why do you look at me like that? Well, because I don't think anybody ever says chew it and do it on a full stomach. But why don't you try it? Give it a shot. And, and while you're at it, try it with our promo code WHW. It's only five bucks, and we're going to get your dick real, real hard. Right, Tony? That's exactly what we'll do. We'll get you a super hard dick, as only Blue Chew can do. All in, Mike wants to know, what's the most 
difficult obstacle in your weight loss journey. And he wanted to thank you for helping motivate him. He's down 66 pounds this year, which is pretty incredible. The most difficult thing is eating late at night because when I come home after baseball games, I get home about 11 o'clock at night. I haven't eaten dinner. I don't eat at the ballpark because I don't want to eat ballpark food. And I come home at night and I'm hungry and it's not good to eat late at night and then go to bed. So I'll, I'll try to stay up. That's the most difficult thing, eating late at night. Uh, here's another one here. Quill wants to know, where's the Quill. worst place to call sports in the SEC, and why is it Ole Miss? No, no the worst place to call sports in the SEC is Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's weird that you say that, because yeah. I really like their stadium. There's not a bad seat in the house. Nah, unless you're in the press box. Oh, it sucks there, huh? Oh, man, it's real small. Uh, we've had problems with uh, we've had problems with the home and our equipment there. And then when we do basketball there, they put us on the side of the court and they put us down almost at below at court level and they put signs up in front of us. It is the worst place to call a, a football game and to call a basketball game combined. Ole Miss is not bad at all. Really, it's not. Eric wants to know, were there ever wrestlers who the bookers couldn't pair together because of their genuine real life hatred? Uh, not that I'm aware of. That would probably be a Booker question. Oh, these are the fun questions. Here we go. Tim Vicious wants to know if Lois were to give Tony a hall pass, yeah. I told him you can only pick one Francine yeah. or Medusa. Uh-huh. Who would he pick Francine? Oh, you didn't hesitate, boy. You pulled the no, trigger on that one. No, I didn't. Uh, and, and that's because, uh, if I would pick Medusa, I would probably always be looking behind me for an army ranger to come cut my throat. Uh, Durango 92 wants you to play F Mary kill. Oh God. I hate this game with Dave Silva. Okay. Dave Hancock. Okay. And Matt Coon. Okay. I kill Matt Coon. Of course. Cause he doesn't care about you. He nearly let you die. Right. Uh, uh, I would probably, uh, listen, this is easy from here. You, you okay. want, you want to marry Dave Silva. That's right. I want to marry Dave Silva cause he make me laugh. Yeah. Uh, and he's, and he's got some brains. And then, uh, I guess I would have to fuck Hancock, but I want to get it over quickly. Well, I mean, I think his wife would agree. That's all he knows how to do. (laughs) Um, Richard Jammer wants to know how many lollipops does Uh bad money slim have to hand out at next year's WrestleMania before he, before he officially becomes the goddamn candy man. (laughs) I think he's that already. Uh, can we go ahead and just start referring to him as the goddamn candy man? No, we would have to do it. How he would do it with his uh, <laughs> with his grill in. That's right. Ah man, oh, what, I don't. I never add, didn't ask it. Does he use polydent or something to put that in? Or do you really care? It bugs me. It bugs me. Uh, Benjamin writes a ship full of wrestling personalities from the eighties and nineties has hit an iceberg. And you've procured a life raft, but you can only save five of those personalities. Who do you save and why? Uh, from the eighties and nineties. Yep. I save, uh, Medusa, Missy Hyatt, Miss Elizabeth, uh, China and, uh, boy, you like the tussle <laughs> and Tori Wilson. So you're not, you're not saving Sonny. You're not saving uh, Stacy Keebler. Well, he said only five. You're picking China over Stacy Keebler. 
Yeah, because I like to tussle. Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Uh, All them guys guys on that boat, those fuckers going to die. Oh, of course. Well, you wouldn't even say pop pop. Well, I guess you can't with all those ladies. Yeah. No, but you know what I would do? What's that? I'd cut off his pecker at first. Why? To be able to use it later. Anyway, go ahead. Next question. Oh my gosh. You, you're full blown Klondike bill. I think you're making all those Klondike stories up and that's your alter ego. <laughs> it's like the, the first rule about Klondike bill is you don't talk about Klondike bill. <laughs> uh, so J dub plays guitar, right? So we recently heard on grill and JR that gorilla monsoon made sure that JR was treated well. When he came over from WCW, did Tony have a similar warm welcome from gorilla or anyone else in particular? I had warm welcomes from Gorilla Monsoon for sure. Lord Alfred Hayes, a guy named Kevin Graniff, Tommy Carlucci, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, still, I, I received a warm welcome from Kevin Dunn. A lot of people don't like Kevin. I can't say anything bad about him. Vince McMahon was nice to me, but Gorilla Monsoon was exactly what you guys said on JR's podcast towards me. He was kind of my mentor and he would tell me, he says, Vince doesn't like this. Vince likes that. He said, I'm just telling you this for your own good. I want to help you out as much as I can. And he was so well-respected and, and with everybody at TV. And I, and I only saw him at TVs and I saw him when we did prime times in the studios, uh, didn't see him every day, but yeah, he, he really rolled out the red carpet for me. Really one of the great men in wrestling. Uh, Thomas Falbo wants to know, have you read guy Evans nitro book? And what did you think of it? I have not read it at first. I poo pooed on it, but now I've been told even by Eric Bischoff and by you, it's worth the read. I don't know if I want to read it. Cause I don't know if I want to get pissed off even, even more at what happened, uh, at the Turner people than I am now. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, going back and living and knowing you've been fucked over and just, and reading a dossier about it. I just don't know if I want to do that, but I heard it's a good one. Um, this sounds like somebody knows you here. Mm, So we we might need to tread carefully here. Uh, bash at the beach 95. How did your travel before and after the show look? Did you enjoy it? Bash at the beach 95. Yeah. That's the one you guys did on the beach on the beach. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. Before and after. Okay. Is there something else to this story you want to share with us? No, I don't know what they're asking. I, I, I don't remember that much about it. I remember going to Venice beach because I heard it was a freak show and I went to Venice beach and I remember it rained. Sorry, I don't. Okay. No. It sounds like you maybe met a, a lady. No, no, okay. not that ever. I would have remembered that. I think. Sure. Uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Muller recently uh, tweeted that Eric Bischoff, uh, put uh, you over strong on 83 weeks for slamboree 97, because you were able to run a four man booth, uh, as a play by play guy, how did you manage to direct traffic so smoothly? Number one is you don't worry about what you've got to say. It, it, it's important. And Jr. always said this important as a play by play guy for you to set the table. 
call the shots, make sure you lead the tape lead. But when there's four men in the booth, you throw that out the window. And now all of a sudden you kind of go back and you take a back step because you know that you have to go in and out of breaks or whatever, or if somebody wants to say something, you can ask them a question, but you don't worry about talking. You let those other three people get theirs in and you take a back seat. So in effect, it becomes a three man booth with just one guy kind of guiding the people around. Uh, let's keep it moving here. All right. <laughs> Brian wants to know, has Tony ever seen the dark side of the ring documentaries? And what did he think of them? So this has been the talk of the internet these last six weeks or so they've been airing on Viceland on Wednesday nights. Right. And, uh, our great close personal friend, Mr. Evan Husney helped put them together. And, uh, everybody wants to know your take. I saw the bruiser Brody one and I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the one about the, uh, and I thought it was very sad about the Von Eriks. That was the only two I've seen. Now I'd, I'd like to see, uh, Although I didn't know Gino Hernandez, I'd like to see that one. Uh, have there been more that I've missed? I think my favorites are, uh, my favorite three are Bruiser Brody, Gino yeah. Hernandez, and, um, the Von Erics. Right. And my, from there, I don't, I, these are my, not as favorite. I still enjoyed them all. Right. Uh, but I, I still think Brody's probably number one. I think Gino's number two. I think Von Erics number three. Fourth for me is probably Montreal. Fifth would be, uh, Macho and Liz. And then sixth would be fabulous Mula. And, and I, I guess it's just because I wasn't that into Mula. Um, right. but I think I was most into learning about, uh, Brody's story. And I thought Tony Atlas's testimony was incredible. Yeah. And I, I, the, all the Gino stuff was brand new to me and it reads like a damn murder mystery. It's awesome. And. Uh, I knew the whole Von Eric story, but even my wife didn't. And she thought the Von Eric one was the best one. So if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. And if you were at Starcast this past weekend, you saw them every single day. Well, the reason I like the Brody one, the best is because if you had been in the business, uh, for any length of time, like I had the bruiser Brody story is legendary uh, and it's, uh, it was just, it was good hearing that. I had, I had heard that story from Dutch Mantell himself. I'd heard Dutch tell it, but I'd never heard anybody else tell it before. So I was very interested in it. And that's why I liked it the best. Uh, cheek says, what's your favorite match of the Monday night wars? My favorite match of the Monday night wars. I mean, that's a really, really broad, but yet sort of specific question. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's probably not your favorite, but as far as emotion to me, it's when Luger beat Hogan for the world title in August of 97. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, could you consider the one where Goldberg beat Hogan too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, th those would have to be the two. It's well, funny that, uh, Hogan's involved in both of them. Yes, absolutely. And within a year of each other, you know, August of 97, July of 98 in that 12 month period. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Ron wants to know, would Tony let Medusa enter the back door via a strap on apparatus? Uh, I, I would have to have plenty of chewables in me, I guess. Wait, hang on. You want to chew blue chew so she can put it in your butt. Oh, is that what he meant? Yes. Oh no, no. You were thinking about that long and hard. Yeah. 
Oh, no. I thought she actually meant coming to the back door of the house and sneaking up the back. Oh, no, no. I'm pretty sure it was a metaphor because it said strap on apparatus. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I have, uh, no, no, I wouldn't go for that. Uh, Chris wants to know if game of Thrones was written, like WCW was booked, what would the finish of the series be? Uh, the finish of the, oh, the finish of the series would be, uh, Tyrion would get on John snow's shoulders. He would get a, a sword made of Valerian steel. He would cut off the head of, um, of Daenerys Targaryen. And then David Arquette kills everybody. Well, David Arquette comes running in. And screams, that'll put butts in the seats. And we go to black. Austin, he's he's asking the hard-hitting questions here. Do you think Batista has a role of baloney? <laughs> I don't know if he's got a role of baloney, but it's it's probably a big, bulging, muscular thing. Well, I'm just saying, you know, with all the money he's made, he's probably not eating baloney. You know, he's probably up to turkey and roast beef and things like that. Yeah, he's probably up to prime rib or, or steak ship round. Steamship round, steamship round. Uh, Michael Anderson wants to know who was on Tony's NWA slash WCW Mount Rushmore. And you, you mentioned three earlier, so we'll remind everybody Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and sting who would round it out. Who would get that fourth spot? Uh, and if we're going back to NWA days, and I guess I can go back to when I was a fan, it's gotta be Ricky steamboat's gotta be on there. No, nah, and- you need to fuck off with that. You, you made a whole list without dusty roads. Well, hang on. I was, I was, there's four ready. on Mount Rushmore. Oh, I thought there's five on Mount Rushmore. Well, today there's four. Okay. There's dusty roads. In. Did you really think there's five? I thought there was five. Yeah. No, that's just four. Okay. Um, Dan Dean wants to know <laughs> every week. Tony Schiavone would tell us the tape machines are rolling. Yeah. We sure. almost never got footage the following week of what happened right. after nitro went off the air. What's up with that? Well, the tape machines were rolling, but we didn't want to fucking show it to you. They were rolling for the library. The uh, library. Sorry. Thank you for pronouncing it properly. Thank you. Uh, David wants to know, do you know the ideal temperature of triple H is water? The idea. Yeah. The, the idea it's uh 43.6 degrees. Mick Dolman wants to know when are you going to get in the goddamn attic to get Conrad his fucking six man tag team belt? Who's that from Nick, Mick, Mick. Yeah. Mick. Fuck you. And fuck Conrad. Oh, well, thanks for that. I didn't even do anything. Uh, Jeremy wants to know, uh, why didn't you make Starcast lattes? Starcast lattes. He's being a dickhead about your, uh, your days at, um, uh, Starbucks. Oh, I got it. Okay. Well, you know what you do, you do, you do whatever you do to try to, uh, provide for your family. You fuck next. You know, Tony, after this past weekend, I, uh, I'm thinking about getting another job. I'm sure you are. And what would that job be? Well, not Starcast three, but I'm thinking about driving for Atlas van lines. You know, I've heard that they're hiring nationwide right now, and, uh, I don't really know what this means, but they tell me they've got team drivers, solo drivers, and you can even own multiple trucks. It's like, come on, come all. And that really fits my style. Tony, what's the, well, you know, a lot of the Atlas Drivers listen to what happened when, listen to our podcast as they're driving, and a lot of truck drivers do. I'll tell you what, they're going to keep you busy over at Atlas Van Lines, 2,200 to 4,000 miles per week. So they've got to work to keep you moving. 
and uh, you can make a boatload of cash. So they're telling me that a lot of their drivers make between 143 and 197 grand on average. So you really can make as much as you want at Atlas Van Lines, right, Tony? Yeah, and if you want to be home, home time can be seven to ten days, depending on your routes. All your tolls are paid, and you have the optional maintenance program to boot. And our buddy Brett, the Hitman Hartman, and his team will hook you up. As always, he. A big, big supporter of what happened when. If you're owner-operator, give them a call today. Whether you are new to the industry, ready to ride off into the sunset, go places with Atlas. So speak to your recruiter right now at 877-778-6959. Or for more information, check them out at facebook.com slash driveatlas or at driveforatlas.com forward slash wrestle. That's drive, the number four, atlas.com forward slash wrestle. But I want to give you that phone one more time. It's 877-778-6959. Tony, that sounds so good. I think this might be your last what happened when. What happened when Tony decided to start driving truck? Well, my dad was a truck driver, so I'll follow his suits. Goodbye, motherfucker. Uh, late to the Conrad party, writes, Tony said recently, uh, you have one spare day for another podcast is lowest available on a Tuesday. You can call it slap dicking with Lois. Well, if you watch Starcast, you know that that's not exactly true anymore. We've filled that day now, haven't we, Tony? Yes, we have filled that day. And I think it's pretty fucking exciting. Did you think anybody ever expected that that would be the answer? I mean, realistically, Arn Anderson, known as being one of the great stick men in the history of professional wrestling, but not someone who's willing to give you a real peek behind the curtain. He's not on social media. He doesn't do interviews. He's never done a podcast. He's never appeared on one, much less actually done one. And, uh, with a little help from my friends, I was able to, uh, convince him to make it happen. So what do you think? You think Arn will be a success? I think it's going to be a a booming success because we're talking about a guy who not only was a great performer in the eighties and part of the nineties before he, he got hurt but work behind the scenes in major companies and has more stories than anybody. I think it, and, 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 and again, as, like I said, he needs to be Marty Lundy. Yeah. And I mean that he not, he does not need to be Arn Anderson cutting the promo at the, at the studios at TBS with Ole and Rick and Tully and all those guys. He needs to be Marty Lundy using his humor that we all love. And you're going to love him, I promise you, as much as we've loved him throughout the years in the back. Jackie Foster wants to know, which do you hate more, signs or kids? Yeah, okay. Uh, I hate uh, Uproxx. Thank you. Uh, Jerry wants to know, does Tony think he could do better play-by-play than Michael Cole in 2019? Probably not, because he's had much more... Uh, practice at it than I've had. Christopher wants to know which war games was your favorite. And what do you think of NXT using war games? I like NXT using war games. We, we covered it here. Uh, let me go back and say that that last question that mean me doing better job of, of doing wrestling than Michael Cole or just doing any any sport. Did they qualify that quantify that? I'm pretty sure they mean wrestling. They meant wrestling. Okay. I think Cole will do it. All right. So my favorite war games is still the first one because it was unique and I did it with Jr. And we've, we've seen that we did that. Uh, remember we did that at the, uh, low key big hog event. And, uh, and I like what NXT did. 
we co- we covered that too. I thought they did a great job with it. I like the big spot from the top of the cage, diving on everybody. Uh, so I thought they did a great job with it. Uh, Michael wants to know what was Tony's most embarrassing moment in his history of broadcasting with both Jim Crockett promotions and WCW embarrassing moment, embarrassing moment. (sighs) Wow. I can't remember a time that I was embarrassed about it, man. I've seen some of the clothes you wore on set and you should have been. I always thought I dressed rather fashionably. Nope. Mm-mm. Now, Ken wants to know, were there any, uh, wrestlers from other territories that you would have liked to have seen in Jim Crockett promotions that were never there back in the old days, right? Yeah. Uh, I would like to seen back in the old days. I would have liked to seen Jerry, the King Lawler mm. with us back in the old NWA days would have loved to have seen that. Uh, I never got to see, I don't even know if he was still wrestling at the time. I never got to see Bobo Brazil. Uh, with Jim Crockett promotions when I was working for him. Uh, I never got to see the, uh, the original Sheik uh, when I was working for him. I never got to see Mr. Wrestling too. Always wanted to see him. Um, and I always enjoyed, uh, the stuff that he did. I always, uh, <sighs> boy, this is going to sound stupid. I always kind of like Bob Backlund. Oh, fuck off. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Uh, <laughs> wrestling is for everyone. Writes. Did you ever work with Adrian street and miss Linda? She surely yeah. would have tussled with you. Yeah. Right. I did work with Adrian street, and miss Linda and Adrian street used to used to, uh, when we would do interviews in the back and I would have that, you know, that long microphone that I would do interviews with. I don't know if you've ever seen the old yeah. stuff where I would. Okay. Real long microphone. Adrian street used to stick it between his legs like a dick and make him. And he'd say, here's your microphone and make me want to reach for it. And what do you put it in your mouth? The microphone? No. Okay. You don't put a microphone in your mouth. Uh, but I would say, oh, come on. He said, you got to reach for it. And I'd grab it and he'd laugh. And, uh, Gary Hart one time said, and I quote, never will forget it. Uh, Adrian's good with the promos. Miss Linda is good with the pussy. What he meant by that. I don't know, but I'll never even forget him saying that. Whoa. Stairwell online. Cause I've always heard that Tony Schiavone was in the running when Eric Bischoff took over WCW. How accurate is that information? And what would Tony Schiavone have done to try to change the product? All right. That is accurate. I, uh, and I, I guess Jr. uh, put his two cents in as well, but Eric Bischoff wanted it. I knew it. He talked to me about it on a regular basis. Keith Mitchell and Eric Bischoff and I each put in proposals. I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. And Bill Shaw finally came to me and he said, are you going to put a proposal in or not? It almost seemed to me like a teacher was saying, are you going to turn in a term paper or not? And I was waiting to the very last minute. And I did. It was kind of a half hearted thing. I don't think I could have run it. I don't think I would have done well. I always thought it was going to go tits up. I don't think I would have had the confidence or the know-how to run it. So I don't think I would have done anything differently. I think just with me in the driver's seat, it would have come to a crashing end sooner. 
the sweaty stallion wants to know what was the last time you wet the bed? Uh, probably, uh, I wet the bed. Holy shit. Probably in college. Mike wants to know when you're tussling with larger women, is there a safe word? So you don't smother to death. Uh, no, you just, you, you go for the smother to death thing. If it'd be a way to go, wouldn't it? Uh, Donald Rump says, Hey, Tony, don't you think, don't you think if he left, I mean, don't you think it would be great in my eulogy to say that he died being smothered by Nia Jax. Would that be a great way to go? Ed dead writes. You once said that Eric was angry at you for talking about something before it happened. What was it? Don't you think it'd be great? Like if Tamina would smother me. Wrestling is for everyone says that Greg Gagne routinely says stupid shit online. Like he created the NWO or Uh that he invented the UFC. Right. Was Greg Gagne always full of shit or have concussions got the better of him? No, he was always full of shit. Greg Gagne got fired by Eric Bischoff. Do you know why he got fired by Eric Bischoff? You know that story, don't you? He was trying to start his own wrestling promotion. While working for a wrestling promotion. Yes. He was, he was working for a wrestling promotion and working, (laughs) working against the own company that he fired him. How fucking stupid was that? Yeah. Dr. Delicious wants to know, would Tony rather shave Buff's bag or sniff Knob's asshole? Oh my God. I'd shave Buff's bag. Mm, It must be. I mean, you must have some uh, good authority. That's real. Like that's not pleasant. Well, I, that's a, that's a no win question. And you know, that sometimes you just can't get rid, rid of some smells. And I would be afraid that, you know. I'll be smelling that the rest of my life. Where where did the people come up with these fucking questions? (laughs) Here's a good one. RJ wants to know if you were offered to call one of the following and you could only choose one, what would you pick and why? WrestleMania, the Super Bowl, or a World Series game? World Series game. Because a, a WrestleMania, I would have Vince in my ear and I would want to kill myself halfway through it. Maybe first match in Super Bowl. I don't want to go to that clusterfuck of event, the world series. God, I've always wanted to, and I've been to world series games, but I've always wanted to call a world series game. KSJ 49 wants to know, does Ronald Acuna jr. Have a low key big hog. Never saw it, but if you're making, uh, if you sign a contract for a hundred million dollars, you can have any kind of hog you want. All righty. Nick wants to know serious question. Tony, how much of what happened in the ring slash on the show? Did you know about in advance? And what was the most shocking thing you didn't see coming that you reacted to on live TV? Well, the most shocking thing I never saw coming was Hulk Hogan turning heel. I, we, and I, I've told this story many times. We thought it might happen, but I kept saying to myself, nah, he's not going to want to do that. So when it happened, I was as shocked that he wanted to do it and was convinced to do it as I was anything else. Cause I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, and I don't know. It was about 75, 25 that I, that I knew. And when it, the, the, the further along we went, it was almost 50, 50 or even my like 25, 75 that I didn't know. 
because they kept wanting to, you know, go in this, uh, to work everybody. And you just never knew what you were going to see or what you were told in the production meetings, what was actually going to happen. So there was no, there's no set pattern that I, I didn't always know. And, uh, I didn't always not know. Brian Kaufman wants to know, can you recall anyone being more uncomfortable on camera than Jim Crockett? Yeah. Tim Horner. Kenny Jones wants to know, did you eat before a pay-per-view or wait until after the show? No, I, uh, well, they always had catering. Uh, we would probably eat before because a lot of times we, it would be too late to eat afterwards. Jesus. What's wrong? You don't like that? No, I like it. I just, uh, Sean Wolford wants to know, have you ever had to leave the broadcast booth to use the bathroom or did you just wear black pants like Jay <laughs> so you could piss yourself? How many, yeah. that brings up another question. Tony, how many shows did you piss yourself at? None. You've never pissed yourself at a show. No, well, never had. I always have had, I will. I've always had, had a very strong bladder. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, let me tell you, let me tell you. Let me tell you a true story about Tony Schiavone. Okay. I have, I will get up sometimes in the morning, have a cup of coffee and I will have later in the afternoon, have an energy drink and then go to the ballpark and then have another energy drink and will not have to piss until I come home that day, that well, night. You haven't peed at all the whole day, the whole day. Something's wrong with you. You're not, not drinking enough liquid. I, I know. I, I don't know what I can hold my piss better than anyone I've ever seen. Now I can tell you the story. I may have told this story on a, uh, on a podcast. I'm not sure, but it's a story has to do with George basketball. We were in Manhattan, Kansas, taking on Kansas state, uh, a few years back and I had to shit badly and I'm not the announcer. I'm not the play by play guy. I'm not the uh, color guy, but I'm the producer. So I got to cue the guys going to a commercial break. Got to make sure they do their readers and everything. And help time the show. And I had to take a shit badly. And it was before the ball game started, but I knew that we were getting ready to go in the pregame show. So I told Scott, I said, Scott, I'm sorry. I got to go Here are the readers. Can you handle the first two segments? He said, yes. So I went back and I'm running back and I got to go and I'm looking and there's one bathroom and it's a one seater. All right. It is a female slash male family type bathroom, one seater. I get in there and I shit a fucking log cabin. All right. Well, I get out as quick as I can. And when I open the door, there is a little cheerleader from Kansas state waiting to go in. Mm. And I remember thinking, (sighs) good luck with that one, sweetheart, (laughs) because that was a horrible shit. And she had to go too, bless her heart. And she went in and closed the door and I just walked on and I thought about her that entire game. Oh my gosh. Sean wants to know, name someone wrestling today. You feel would have been a great traveling NWA champion. Of course he means besides Nick Aldis, who he thinks is doing a great job right now. A great traveling NWA champion. Old school, baby. Old school, baby. Ooh. Ah, my God. Um, Seth Rollins from the WWE, maybe. 
Uh, I think uh, Cody Runnels, Cody Rhodes, be a great one, be a wonderful one. Uh, Frank uh, Johnstone wants to know if Tony was single, signed up for a dating site. Yeah. What would his username be? Uh, looking for pussy tonight. T O N I T E. Tony. What? The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Look, because if I had to do all over again, I ain't going in for a relationship. All right. I'm going, I'm going in to get laid. CMG wants to know, has Tony ever watched Kenny Omega versus the little girl? What? Yeah. Uh, years ago, a decade ago, uh, Kenny would, would participate in comedy matches. So he wrestled a little girl once he wrestled in, uh, his tag team partner wrestled an inflatable doll once. So it was oh, just God. funny. Ha ha's, uh, you know, it's comedy. Yeah. No, you never, never saw, saw it. it. Thank God. Um, any plans to attend a tournament of death show? None, because I don't know what the fuck that is. So what you have is you have like 16 or 32 guys who get involved in a bunch of matches where they're hitting each other with weapons. So it would be like a wiffle ball bat that has had a thousand thumbtacks glued on the end, or it would be a bunch of fluorescent light tubes. Uh, or it could be like, uh, a, a, a piece of particle board. That's got razors all over it. Uh, you know, that type of thing. And then you would like have like a super sucker with lemon juice so you could hit them in their open cuts, things like that. Yeah. No, fuck that. <laughs> uh, Marty wants to know, what are your thoughts on PCO? Uh, fucking nuts. Absolutely nuts. The, the, the shit that he'll do and you know, I'd seen some of the videos as, as we all had seen online thinking that this can't be real. And then I've seen the shit that he'll try in the ring. And I just thought that, uh, well, you got to give him credit. He's done a great job of trying to reinvent himself. Hasn't he? And he's still making money. So there you go. Without question. Yep. Uh, chip wants to know who is the one wrestler Tony respects the most respects the most. Yep. Um, well, there's a lot of those out there. I, I, uh, I guess the one wrestler I respect the most is Arn Anderson. Just going to let it hang. Not going to explain. I, I, I'm, I, I, well, he's a friend of mine. It's, it's. And I guess they could have, they could have said, uh, Ric Flair, but you know, Ric Flair was always the world champion and on top and Arn Anderson was always just kind of like right below him, but it never stopped him from busting his ass and being the best that he could be, even though that he really realized that he would always be kind of that second tier guy when it came to the world. We all thought he could have been a world champion in another era, but that never stopped him from being the best of what he was. Uh, let's keep it moving here. Um, if Magnum TA never gets in that accident and wins the NWA world title, would it change what happened to the NWA? Would have changed happened to the NWA. Yeah. I mean, would the NWA suffer the same fate? I guess he was asking is a lot of people sort of make the correlation. The Magnum would have been the NWA's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. 
he would have been the NWA champion, but the same fate would have happened to the NWA, regardless who was in that spot. That is not a slight on Magnum at all. That's a slight on the business. Look, the NWA and all the regional promoters met their demise by many, many reasons. You can factor in many, many reasons, internet, but a lot of it was just their short-sightedness. Vince did not have that, and they did. Sean wants to know, when did Tony decide to call wrestling and give up calling baseball? I first, uh, when my, my, when I first started, was hired by the Crockett's in 1982, I, I knew who the Crockett's were and I was a big mid Atlantic championship wrestling fan. I think that's well documented in that first year, 82, I, I would periodically, uh, bug Francis about talking to Jimmy and David about letting me do some wrestling. Um, and I did that for a number of reasons. Number one, I loved wrestling. And number two, uh, baseball wasn't paying shit. And I had a kid and a kid on the way. And then when I started doing wrestling part-time and I was doing wrestling part-time and baseball full-time from the end of 83 until the until, uh, April of 86, um, those years I was baseball full-time and wrestling part-time part-time wrestling was paying me. They would just pay me when I would work like a talent fee. I had a salary with baseball, but I get a talent fee with wrestling. So if I did, did a TV show, they'd pay me money. But when I did ring announcing, they pay me money. Uh, what I was making with wrestling on a per monthly basis was two and three times what I was making with baseball. And I made a decision at the end of 85, when the baseball season was over, Jim Crockett told me if I wanted to come to work for him full time, I could come to work for him. And I made a decision at that time because now I was on TBS. I've been on TBS that year. Uh, I made a decision to do wrestling full time. And a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with money trying to raise a family, knowing that I probably wasn't going to make it to the big leagues could have maybe, but you know, here was wrestling, here was money and to be made. And there you go. Victor wants to know Tony Schiavone, Klondike bill and Rick flair walk into a bar. What happens next? Okay. Uh, flair buys all the booze. Uh, Klondike bill asks all the girls to smell their panties. And Tony Schiavone has great stories for podcasts. Till the end of time, Joseph Daniel wants to know if Tony hadn't voluntarily left WWE in 1990, how long would he have lasted there before he completely Shivani'd it? Now, that's a good question. I always thought that had I made it through that time and stayed with Vince, that I would still be there today. I originally thought that. But then I heard the story that you told on one of these podcasts about what happened to JJ and JJ and I went there about the same time and he cut JJ's money and I don't know, he may have cut my money too. And I may have had to look for other work as, as well. So that's hard for me to say, but on the surface, I probably would have stayed there and still be there today. Hopefully working behind the scenes. 
WM86 wants to know how much money would it take for Tony to go back to the WWE today? Oh, it would take a half a million dollars. So half a million bucks and, and you're out of here. You're gone. Yeah. See, cause that's not going to happen. So there you go. Uh, I don't know. I think you might be surprised. Oh, crying out loud. If they, if they pay me a half million bucks, something's fucking wrong with them. And we know something's wrong with them anyway. Chris old ham wants to know, was Hulk Hogan really supposed to appear at the first Starcade? No, not that I, 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 that's the first time I've ever heard that story. Is that a urban legend? There's rumor and innuendo that he was invited. Okay. No, uh, Alex Doria wants to know Tony is stuck on a desert Island and can only watch one TV series for the rest of the time and one movie for yeah. the rest of the time. What are his choices? Okay. The one TV series I watch for the rest of time is going to be game of Thrones. Fuck off. I see. There you go. And the one movie I'm going to watch for the rest of time is. So I married an ax murderer. What? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the funniest movies ever. Uh, Jeremy says we've heard a lot of crazy stories about Tony on the road with Jim Crockett and WCW, but what's the craziest story Tony has from being on the road calling baseball, football, or basketball? Hmm. Well, uh, first of all, football and basketball, you know, I travel with, uh, with college teams, so there's nothing crazy really going on there. It's, it's pretty structured. Uh, I'm not going to say when it happened, but this was back before wrestling days. Okay. I'm not going to say what team I was with. I'm not going to say where it was. Uh, it was back in the eighties and there was, uh, we were at this place, uh, doing a baseball game and the, our team was taking batting practice and I noticed this girl up in the stands watching batting practice by herself. She was a very attractive young lady and she was talking to the, she was, she would come down and she would stand along the, uh, the netting there and she would talk to the guys as, as they were going back and forth and. Um, I just remember how pretty she was later that night. One of the players says, I need to show you something. And, uh, so I said, okay. And now remember, we're talking about early eighties. Uh, I was a newlywed and they walked, we were in this hotel, this motel with rooms, on, doors on the outside. And they walked me open the door and this girl was in there and she was getting gang banged by the players and she looked like she was enjoying it. And, uh, it was first time I had ever seen or witnessed anything like that. And I went, Oh my God. And all the players kind of looked and giggled at me. And one of the players says, you want to join in? And I said, no, I don't. Thank you very much. That was the craziest thing that ever happened to me. I'd ever seen. Tree Fitty wants to know if you have any good stories from the filming of the WCW all nighters. No, not really good. Not really good stories with the exception of, I, uh, yes. Heenan thought that Chris Cruz was a stooge. He thought everything that we would say as an announcer is Chris Cruz would report back to Dave Meltzer or one of the dirt sheets. I don't know if that was true or not. That's what Heenan thought. So Heenan 
would say things to me during the downtime of the all-nighters when Cruz was around, and Cruz was with us on some of them. So he would he would say things that that were just completely lies, but would be like rumor-type lies, and then he would elbow me and kind of look at Cruz, hoping that they would end up in a dirt sheet somewhere, and we would trap Cruz by saying that. Whether that really happened or not, I don't know, but he didn't always thought that. Andy Krill wants to know any good Scott Norton stories. Uh, no, not really. Scott was pretty, uh, Scott married a girl named Tammy who was, uh, a uh, pretty cool girl. And I'm still friends with Tammy on Facebook, but, uh, Scott was a pretty legit bad dude too. You know, he was, uh, he was a man's man. Andrew wants to know who would win in a shoot fight, Shivani or David Crockett in 1985. Oh, in 85, David Crockett would beat the fuck out of me. I'm not a, I'm not a violent person. I like to take a tussle like with, you know, what do you think about Nia Jax and me in a tussle? Garrett wants to know, you can spend one night with Francine, but in return, you gotta let Goldberg kick your head into the eighth fucking row. Do you do it? Eighth row. Here I come. Oh my gosh. Okay. Last one. Then we'll wrap this one up here. <laughs> Come on. Family gamer. Dad says, Hey, Eric Bischoff comes to you and tells you that you get to pick who the third man is going to be. Scott Hall was number one. Kevin Nash is number two, but now you pick number three. Who would you pick and why? You mean of the, of the, the third man of the NWO? That's right. Well, it's easy to say Hogan now, but yeah, it would have been Hogan. That would have made the most impact. That would have made the most sense. After it happens, it's a, it's obvious to say that, but yeah, it's Hogan. It's the biggest star in the business. It is. And uh, he gave us a lot of great memories, uh, both as the red and yellow and in the black and white. And we hope that we're making great memories for you here on what happened when. And we're looking for your suggestions. What would you like to see us cover? Throw us some tweets at WHW Monday on Twitter. He is at Tony Schiavone 24. I am at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. And, uh, we've got another watch along coming your way next week. Kids. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming, but I thought right here on the heels of Starcast, it made a lot of sense for us to do some rapid fire Q and A's and, uh, sort of bounce all over the place, have a little ADD. Uh, but now it does feel like, uh, it's about that time here, Tony. Yes, it is about that time, Conrad Thompson. And let us say that Tony Schiavone is in the ring and he's laying down in the ring on his back. I don't know what in the world. Oh, here comes Nia Jax. Here comes Tamina. Here comes the ghost of China. It's going to be a three on one. And he's not going to sell anything. You're just going to lay there and die. We're desperately out of time. Tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on What Happened When. We're on the M- oh, oh, oh. we're on the MLW Radio Network, and we're on Patron. Promotional considerations paid for by the following: BoxofGimmicks.com. With new items each week, the official store of what happened when, something to wrestle with, and eighty-three weeks. Log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life, or something for yourself. And by patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Join Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone with bonus podcasts, behind the scenes videos, live weekly chats, and new content each week. And by lowestrules.com, 
for all your t-shirts from What Happened When, order right now. And by What Happened When Live in St. Louis, Saturday, June 22nd at 9 o'clock at Off-Broadway. Tickets available at etix.com. And by What Happened When Live in Baltimore, Sunday, June 23rd at noon at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Tickets available at jimmysfamousseafood.com. I broke Batman's back.